This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. The following program is brought to you by Kashrus Anytime, sponsored by the Kosher Consumers Union. We'll be talking today about Chol of Stam, Chol of Akam, Chol Yishmol, Chol of Treif, etc., etc. About 47, 48 years ago, um, in the beginning when I was here in Lakewood, I ate uh, lunch by a younger man in the house. As I opened the refrigerator, I noticed that he had Chol of Akam in there, and that basically <coughs> concerned me. So, uh, after lunch, I uh, asked the younger man, what are you doing for the next couple of hours? He says, nothing much, I'm going to lay down. I said, can I maybe borrow your car, and you'll lay down in the back seat, and come with me for a couple of hours? He says, fine. He says, where we're heading to? I said, we're going to the Moshe. And he drove down to the east side, went to the Moshe, which I uh, was there pretty often, and I went into the Moshe with this younger man, and I said, something bothered me very much. I opened up the refrigerator, and I saw that he has Cholavakam there. So the Moshe turns to the younger man, and he says, Mi So he says, the Rashiva's Tshuva. So he says, my Tshuva, I know better than you know it, but Mi Hitelach. And the Moshe asks him, uh, is there Shaykh to get Chol Yisrael in Lakewood once every few months? He says, yeah, we get it really every week over here. So he says, you get it every week, so what's your habit to use it? He says, the tshuva that I wrote was basically in a gay people was born in the Merchakim, far out, women and children, they can't even get Cholvistrol maybe once in six months. I was to come up with something that they should rely on. But if you have access to Cholvistrol on a more constant basis every week or two, whatever else it is, he says, it doesn't exist such a kind of habit. Okay, now um, I'll be uh, talking also, we're going to address if there's a Shaila of Cholotreif, according to the Moshim, the Yashim, and the Vosn, etc., etc. There is a few issues with, um, with uh, milk, with dairy. One thing is, as we know, is the Cholot Akam, Cholot Stam, etc., what others address, and they're referring to the Moshe's Tshuva, which I know now what the Moshe meant with the Tshuva. Then there's another issue that came up much later, because the Moshe's Tshuva was written actually in, uh, no, the Moshe wrote another Tshuva in Yoridea Chelek Aleph, Tshuva number Chof, 20, uh, at the end of, uh, at, or the end of 21, that Tshuva was written actually in 1950. The Moshe was there addressing the issue of bloating, because DAs was not, at that time, very common. I'll explain a little bit further on what DAs are. Bloating is as the behemoth eats and it accumulates gases in the stomach. Uh, and basically, it's very, very painful uh, for the animal. So what they have to do is, uh, there's a upper part of the um, animal towards the uh, towards the back a little bit. It's, uh, it's really in the mesholish. Uh, there's like a triangle there. That's where he takes a, a, a knife, the farmer, he punctures a hole there, and that releases the gases. Because if they don't do that, what happens is that the behemoth will shortly die. It's not going to take that long. Usually, you don't even have that much time to be able to call a veterinarian to see if they could do anything. Because there are other ways of getting rid of the gases by putting a pipe into the mouth 
and putting in water so the gases will flow up to the top and they'll get released that way. And sometimes the hemobites on a sticker will get it released. But basically the, the method they used was that way. So the Moshe writes over there that you don't have to be choshish that when you're taking milk from a farm that he has the behematrefa. Uh, for the very simple reason, those days in 1950, uh, each farmer, small farmers, they had whatever else it is, at least what the Moshe was used to, we were used to is, that, uh, you know, from uh, he milks a cow, takes the milk, either pasteurizes, doesn't pasteurize it, and puts it in a bottle. So the Shaila is, on each cow, do you have to be choshish that it's a trefer or not? So he says, you don't have to be choshish that it's a trefer. But he zikhablived, he didn't bring up in the Tshuva Bechlal, such a Metzias, of Chosla Teiroi, that if the behemoth lived for 12 months, then it can come back to uh, to become uh, mutter again once it lived 12 months, because a, a Suffolk Trefer can't live for 12 months. And any place in, in the old Chalakim uh, of the Igris Moshe, he never addresses this thing that by these tapers that Chazal said, that it's Chosla Teiroi. And the Rashba holds the same way, the Rambam and Allah, many others hold the same way, that it's not so there is no heter in that thing. And basically, Moshe, the way he writes it about bloating, you would have the same kind of issue with DA, which is displaced Abameh. Today, that the farms keep basically very accurate records of every procedure done to Bahamut, whether it's DA, whether it's bloating, whether C-section, etc., etc., there's no more any spakers because we know exactly what there is in the farm, and it's a dover that's very, very simple to um, to go through it. It was got to put out an extensive 50-page safer called Zeisachaya by the Staten Island Curl, headed by Rav Kemplin, that these procedures uh, make the cow trafe and it does not revert to a kosher status after 12 months. The European Ashgachas mistakenly believe that they don't have the problem of DAs uh, and uh, bloating, etc. Because the veterinarians say in Europe, we don't have these these problems. The cold facts are that the Europe has the problems just as much as the USA. We spoke to the European vets and the veterinarian associations regarding the procedures. They claim that there is only an incidence of 1-2% to 2 for each type of procedure. So, so they consider that to be that we don't have the problem. But we have 1-2% of DAs, 1-2% of bloating. One to two percent of um, uh, C-section, uh, we have already basically four to six percent of these procedures that make it trafe, and uh, shishim is only one point six percent. So in Europe they do have it, but they consider it to be that we don't have the problem. Therefore, in Europe, even the cholov um, would be a procedure also by most of the place because they don't take out the cows. Two places that do take out the procedured cows, that would be Kadasia, and then um, uh, one of the Hadas uh, something in, in Belgium. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to read now basically step-by-step -step procedures from the manual for DAs, from the people that develop the displaced abomasum, how do you put it back into place, and what are you supposed to do about it. So DAs, displaced abomasum, usually it's on the left side, so they call it LDAs. Left displaced abomasum and its treatment, the primary cause of the problem requiring surgical intervention for its correction is apparently the diet provided dairy cows in order to increase the cow's production of milk, which many years ago you didn't have it as prevalent as it is now. 
Housing cows in short stalls may be an aggravating factor since cows confined in such stalls may experience difficulty in rising to their feet. Struggling to, call, to rise may cause a malposition of an already dilated abomasum. The problem appears to be virtually non-existent in countries such as Australia and New Zealand where cattle are not normally fed grain but are simply allowed to graze in unconfined pastures. It happens to be God in Germany, you don't have these things because Germany law is that once you have any of these procedures, the cow cannot be milked anymore, it has to go out to the slaughter, so you usually don't have it, and that's why the Ada and others, when they're making powdered milk, they'll try to do it in Germany because they don't have to be concerned about the operator cows. The high carbohydrate diet provides in this country or perhaps the accompanying reduction in consumption of grass results in a high concentration of unabsorbed free fatty acids, acids which decrease motility of the smooth muscle of the cow's fourth stomach, which is the carus, the cavoid abomasum, the caveoid. As motility decreases, gas formation is increased by the liberation of carbon dioxide from the reaction between the rumen bicarbonate and abomasal hydrochloric acid. As a result, abomasum becomes filled with gas the abomasum normally lies to the right of the ventral midline along the abdominal wall. When distended by gears, the abomasum may become displaced and move to the left flank between the rumen and the body wall. As the distorted abomasum rises and moves out of place, it may also become twisted at the point of connection of the abomasum to the intestine. In both, its rising and twisting the abomasum behaves in a manner similar to a balloon filled with air. This twisting of the abomasum interferes with the free flow of the contents of the abomasum into the intestines. If the condition is not treated, the cow will stop eating and its milk production will decline drastically, or it will suffer torsion displacement of the abomasum and die. Corrective treatment of this condition consists of anchoring the abomasum in its proper place. LDA, or left displaced abomasum, as the condition is known, was first recognized in 1950. In the times of the moisture, really, Kumat was not in existence. Since then, the diagnosis has been made with increasing frequency. Professionals in the field report that it's their impression that surgical correction of LDA has become much more common in recent years. It's thus not entirely surprising that the rabbinic authorities remained unaware until recently of what has now become a relatively high incidence of surgical treatment to correct this condition that causes the animal to become a trafer. The incidence of LDA is the subject of a recent study by Dr. Stephen Eicher of Cornell University, a New York State College of Veterinary Medicine in Ithaca, New York. His study of some 13,000 cows on 26 farms in New York State shows a variation between farms in the occurrence of LDAs, left displaced abomasum, between 5 and 15%. The mean for the farms surveyed in between was 7 and 8%. None of the farms surveyed showed a prevalence of less than 5%. Chichim is only 1.67, so all of them would be trafe. November 28, 2010, the newer procedure included the German and Swiss methods all make it a trafe. Perforate the abdominal wall and abomasum with a swift downward push of the choker. A choker is approximately the size of, um, of a Parker pen. Use the push rod to move the toggle completely through the length of the needle so that it will turn perpendicular to the long axis of the needle once in the abomasal lumen. Before removing the choker needle from the second suture site, 
Place pressure on the external abdominal wall to force as much free gas from the bemasum as possible. This will reduce the tension on the sutures and help to reduce the chance of tearing the abomasal wall or leaking abomasal contents into the into the cavity. So the hole the, that's made when they're putting in the choker is always, even though it's gone through two layers, it's always and then when they're putting in the toggle or the whatever else they're putting in, it always remains and there was other other postcom that tried coming up with saying that it's not so it doesn't really become a traitor or really that doesn't hold any water. In the whole of Yisrael farms, the contractor system is to remove them from the herd and be compensated for the loss to the farm. On the other hand, by the Chol of Stam, Chol of Akam farm, there is no system in place to have them removed, and therefore you, you never have Shishim, and they are basically Chol of Trefa. There was a mistaken assumption that the major kosher certifiers were relying on an unfinished Shuba from the Mechaber of the Sefer Eni Yisrael, one of the OU's senior poiskim. The unfinished shuva was written some 14 years ago. There were many factual and issues with the unfinished shuva. The Rav ended the shuva with Hemshech Yavoy to be continued to attempt to rectify the factual and Allah difficulties. But all of those things basically was discussed in the above-mentioned Sefer, Zeis HaChai, by the Staten Island Coil, and they were in touch with the Mechaber of Eina uh, of Yisrael. They showed him that his uh, facts, etc., etc., does not really jive with what the facts are in the field. The Mechaber of Dana Yisrael recently decided that it really has nothing more to add to the Tshuva, and uh, not factual, not ecologically. The kosher certifiers can't really rely on an unfinished Tshuva that is never completed and can't be completed anymore. Rav Wittman, the, the one that gives Dashgach on Tanuva Farms, was in touch with this uh, senior OU Paisik on a constant basis to, uh, with, and passed on his Tehrim um, his that he had, and he passed it to Rabbi Yashem, and Rabbi Yashem showed why factual and logic, it doesn't have a basis, and it was back and forth like a dozen times until Rabbi Yashem said that basically all these things, he's gone through all of them, he's spoken to veterinarians, he's spoken to farmers and everything, there is no basis in Allah at all to permit any of those cows, and they are all draper, and it's not Chazalatev. By the way, Rabdan Yoya Levy, the OK's trustee, because actually the OK doesn't belong to him, it really belongs to the family of his brother that died, and the Simon and Almada. But by the way, so Rabdan Yoya Levy called me one day, that he spoke to Rabzalman Nehemiah Goldberg, the big poison from Israel, and he said that he could rely on every container of milk as a Suffolk if it's a trifer, called the Parish Maruba Parish. I told Rabdan Yoyo Levi, evidently you haven't been to a commercial farm in the past 25 years because it all goes into large 10 to 20,000 gallon tanks and there is never shishim because you're talking about 4 to 8 or more percent of the cholot trefer that goes into those tanks and shishim is only 1.6 percent. So Rabdan Yoyo Levi said, oh, I didn't realize that. Let me call you back soon. I'm still waiting for his callback. It's now more than eight years already. Now, Yasha recently told me, when I was there by him, it wasn't that recently, basically, that one may, may not rely on the OU's Paisik regarding the, the hetatum that he has and operated cows that aren't a trefer. Now, Yasha said further, the cows are to be considered a trefer, and any farm that doesn't remove them from the herd, you may not use the milk. 
I asked Rebel Yashu if he could give it to me in writing. So he says, no, there's nothing to give in writing. Have the head of the OU together with this uh, um, senior poison come to me. And I'll tell them exactly what it is straight out without uh, having to go through any of these things. It's better that I'll be able to explain to them. In the letter, you can't exactly write all the problem and everything else like it. Just that I considered everything. I'm ready to handle everything with them. And I passed it on to them. And they had no interest in, in coming down. And I uh, spoke uh, personally to the senior police of the OU. And I showed him from the veterinary manual of how the procedure is done, which makes it a valid trafer. So he told me, why don't you have the veterinarians talk to me? And I'll tell them how to make it in an open that is kosher. I say, Kawaii it's very nice, but they're following the procedure in the manual of exactly what is, what's being done. And some even use staples, electric staples they put in that makes it uh, e even more of a safer. Uh, cows, usually between 12 and 15 years old is when they start cutting down on the amount of milk that they're giving, etc., etc. And they send them off to the shkita. If somebody checks those cows at that time, they're basically talking about 90% that are trafers. And the question is, if that's the case, how could we drink milk from cows if we have the 90% of them are trafers as a shechtan? Which basically, I'll go through that procedure, which I've discussed that with uh, Ravosner about uh, 22 years ago, and I'll speak about that at length at another time. Thank you very much for listening, and if anybody needs any copies of anything else like it, whatever else it is, or any other questions in Kashrus, contact me at kashrusy at aol.com, K-A-S-H-R-U-S-Y at aol.com, and listen to the other podcasts just as well. Thank you very much. It's very educational.